Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. Baseball fans, welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of Major League Baseball and the Gibby Show. My name is David Bastel from Sports Interaction. Getting the call from the bullpen, replacing the vacationing John Arizzi. He's he's gone for now, John. And and we're welcoming, of course, two-time Blue Jays manager, uh, best-selling author, of course, mm-hmm. Gibby, Tales of a Baseball Lifer. The one I read cover to cover, John. Uh, nice <laughs> to talk to you. I'm not just saying it. And you know what? You, you haven't sent me that hard copy I wanted. I still have the paperback. But you know what? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking to you. How are you, my friend? Did you say your name was Dave or, or Wally Pip? What, I, what, what the, uh... well, we'll go with Dave first. Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave, you're an old friend, man. We're glad to have you on here and. uh you ain't get, come on, man. Get out and buy you one for crying out loud. I need to make a living. What I got to send everybody a free one? Everybody wants a free, everybody wants a freebie. Well, you're probably getting a lot of calls though on those. Hey, hey, John, send me a book. Send me a book. It's like, no, go buy one. It's worth you know, it. trust me. You know, it's funny is everybody says, Hey, I got your book. And then I say, I find out nobody's reading it. Even my kids said, hey, I sent my kids' book. And they said, uh, I said, Have you read any of the book yet? Uh, not yet, Dad. Not yet, Dad. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, worth the read. I love it, and uh, you should too. Uh, I saw your Twitter posts, uh, and I and I do follow you, of course. Uh, and you were in Houston voicing your book, which which before I saw the pictures of it, I kind of got a laugh at it. Um, you voicing audio seems funny to me. How did it work out for your first time? And uh, take us into the booth, so to speak. Hey, Dave, it, it, I'm telling you, it was brutal, right? I went in there and I'm, uh, I, actually, I told the guy, a great guy that was doing it all for real professional. I said, as I going along and I'm mumbling things and I'm trying to, I said, maybe I should have read this, the final edition, make sure I got this right. But, it, I, you know, and he told me, he said, listen, people come in here, people that do this all the time, he says, it's, it's hard to do, trust me, you know? And yeah. I said, okay, whatever. So I, I didn't get it done. So I got to go back, at, uh, you know, next week to finish it off but i'm telling you i i was my mind was racing i'm a little adhd anyway and it was really really full effect on it but uh so almost there almost there yeah almost now it's supposed to come out in june are, are we going to be finished voicing it by june <laughs> i <laughs> uh, we're just hope we finish this show by june right here yeah <laughs> you're, you're telling me yeah. you know what uh it's a pretty cool experience uh, and, and, and being an audiobook guy that I am, it's kind of cool hearing it from the author. So I think the fans will really enjoy it and we are looking forward to it. That does of course come out in June. Uh, and it's definitely something that you want to pick up. Uh, of course, uh, I, I wanted to get to Gavin with Gibby. It's brought to you by Tim Hortons. Mark Burley is going to be joining us. And this guy's resume, John is outstanding world series champion, five-time all-star five-time golden glove winner. I got a chance to cover him when I was on the major league beat. You got a chance to manage him for multi uh, years. Uh, maybe a quick thought on Burley and what a workhorse. That's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Mark Burley. You know what, Dave, this guy had an incredible career. You know, he's such a low key guy, a humble guy, the ultimate Man, he's a manager's dream. He's an umpire's dream. He's a, he's a, the best teammate you could ever have. But he's had a Hall of Fame career. I'm going to read off some of the you know his uh, his final numbers over the years. He's up there with the all time greats, you know. But he never he never promoted himself. You know, he just uh, just a good old country boy from the Midwest, and uh, but a very special guy. And and we'll get to it in a second, but he was part of that 12-player trade when Alex made the trade with the Miami Marlins. And when you were thinking about all the players you acquired, you must have been licking your chops when you saw Burley was in place because he's one of those guys that you throw in at the top of the rotation and you know he's going to give you multiple innings. And we're talking about in the 200s. Oh, yeah, and every year. you know, And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, uh, I mean, he was... You know, guys nowadays don't come close to sniffing what he did, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that trade, and that was my first year back, and we the the baseball world crowned us world champs before we even played a game. Next thing you know, we're uh, uh, we're at the bottom of the division. You know, it's like, okay. So then, you know, there was it was never the, – the trade was never questioned. The hiring of Gibbons was what it was questioned, you know, because <laughs> – but I knew when we got Burley, you know, that uh, uh, at least on that night we'd be pretty dang good. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's begin with the leadoff now. Uh, a lot of Blue Jay talk uh, with with the Jays. It, it almost seems to be a little bit of a uh, deja vu, so to speak. So if you look at their schedule and what they've done this last month, it's get swept by the Red Sox, sweep the Pirates, get swept by the Phillies, and then this past weekend, sweep the Atlanta Braves. Are you kidding me? At home? This team is so up and down as far as consistency is concerned. Um, maybe maybe a thought on, on you know, being resilient and, and, and kind of plugging through where you go through the bad and then rebound with the ultimate of good. You know, it's hard to it's hard to figure things sometimes. You know, it's hard to even, you know, uh, come up with the reasons why. But, you know, naturally, everybody should be better at home than on the road. Right. That's kind of that's kind of given. Not always the case, but. And what what's important though is that you hold your own on the road. You know you survive on the road, especially in the tough division they're in. But you know they're dynamite at home. They just they just swept the Atlanta Braves. But you think about those teams you're talking about. The Red Sox swept the Blue Jays at home. The Phillies swept the Blue Jays at home. So there's 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 always there's always that little bit of an advantage. You know, especially in another thing the Blue Jays have going for them is, is a tremendous home crowd, right? But I'm sure they're scratching their head trying to figure out what it is that uh, about the road. But sometimes there's no answers, you know. And, and uh, you know, you, you're playing major league teams. They're all good. But there is something to have in that last at bat. There's no question about that. Well, we'll get to the schedule in a second. But let's let's dig a little bit deeper. So the Jays, 12-3 and three at home. They're a game under 500 on the road. There's 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 a little bit of an inconsistency there, and you talked about home cooking being great, the last at bat being even better, but why why the struggles on the road? You know, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it it uh, you know because I've been through those kind of things before, uh, and sometimes it'll go down to the into the individual, like say, say a pitcher, right? Because those are yep. the guys that stand out most. Some guys will pitch tremendous on the at home, and then on the on the road in the uh, struggle on the road, and I've had. You know, certain guys, and then it flips, flops, and following year. They're really good on the road. They stink at home, and then then sometimes it becomes mental. You know, because people bring it up. Well, you know, but as, as far as the team, when you look at a team, how they struggle maybe on the road versus at home. I don't think that'll ever become a problem. But individuals sometimes they get that in their head. Listen, there's no answer for it. Don't try. Just just uh, uh, just really enjoy them when they're home. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what they have to take advantage, especially in these next two series with the Yankees and the Orioles. These are uh, two of the better teams, not only in the division, but in, in Major League Baseball. If you look at the American League right now, the five teams that are in the American League East are in the top 11 in all of baseball. So quickly, the Yankees will be in Toronto for four. Uh, the Orioles will, will end off the weekend here in Toronto. Then they go to Tampa Bay for a four-game set, followed by the Minnesota Twins. This is a really tough schedule. We, we talked about it, how it was a little bit earlier in April, but this might even take the cake. Yeah, you no, know, you're, oh, you're right, you know, but welcome to the big leagues, right? Yeah. You know, you know what, Dave, it's just, uh, you know, you go back, if we, you brought that up a, a week ago, right? You would have also thrown the Atlanta Braves in there leading it off, right? And they took yeah. care of business there. And you know the Yankees are in town. Yankees, it's not the same Yankees. You know they're they're, they're banged up pretty good, but they're still a, a good major league team. And they just they just uh, battled it out pretty good with Tampa down there. You know they could they could have swept that series down there. So uh, and then of course you know the Tampa and Baltimore they haven't seen yet. Uh, who's you know not necessarily a surprise. Maybe maybe they're a little ahead of where everybody thought they were going to be. And then the Twins were leading the their division, but. I tell you, there's the American League East. You can't. It, it's just the tough, the toughest division of baseball, no doubt. Hey, look. Okay, put it this way: two weeks ago, we were talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates, the greatest surprise. You know what a sleeper, blah blah blah. Right? They won. I don't know. They, I mean, they're on top of the world, right? Then they go. They go where they they went down to Tampa, got swept, and they went home. Baltimore, another East team, comes in, sweeps them. And then yep. the Blue Jays, Blue Jays come to town, another East team, they sweep them. Then they go to Baltimore and they lose two out of three. It's a different. It's a different animal, you know. That's why uh, uh, you can get out of the American League East. You know, do it. Yeah, it, you know what? The American League East might be even tougher than when you manage the team because I remember covering your Toronto Blue Jays. The Jays were always worried about the Red Sox and the Yankees, but not as much with Baltimore and Tampa. Or at least you you, you wouldn't say that. That was that's what I would say as a reporter. But now you're looking at five teams that are this good that's that that's pretty incredible don't you think 
Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Said that the Red Sox and the and the Yankees are, are nowhere what they used to be. No, you that's know, true. You're talking, yeah. In my opinion, you know, you got yeah Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Veritek, all those groups. They, uh, Lowell over at third base. Uh, then you go to the Yankees. You know, with, with Jeter. You know, uh, Bernie Williams. You know, you you name it, right? Um, and even 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 Baltimore started going to rebuild. But even Tampa, though, you go to Tampa back then. You know, when Joe Madden was there, they got to a World Series. You know, so that's it, right. it's all it's always been a tough division. I, I just think it's glaring. I think it re- makes it really stand out now too. Is the central divisions in both leagues are struggling? You know, they, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're they're struggling to stay over five hundred. You know, so it. And there's, uh, I think that's why you'll you'll see, you know, every team in that American League East have a tremendous season because you know they balance the schedule out a little bit more. You know, so they're not. The, I'll be surprised if they all get around ninety five wins. That wouldn't be unheard of. Could have. Yeah, that uh, definitely has a lot to do with the scheduling there. Of course, a reminder, the Gibby Show presented by Miller Lite. Gibby, I noticed that you stopped by uh, last week for dinner in Houston, had some crawfish. Maybe, maybe that probably wouldn't be on my menu, but it was on your menu, and it would be on both our menus, a uh, tall, cold one from Miller Lite. Uh, tastes like Miller time, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> David, always tastes like Miller time. But let me tell you, you know, I'm uh, – I had never had crawfish until two years ago when I met uh, my new wife, right? Yeah. Because her, her, her father, you know, he sells them. He's a farmer, and then he also sells crawfish. And you I fell in love with him. Then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no choice. And I, and I loved him. Because, <laughs> hey, don't forget, I'm a, I got New England blood in me. My mom and dad are both born and raised in Boston. So I'm a lobster man, you know. Now, you can't compare crawfish and lobster. I won't go that far. But I tell you what, <laughs> if you live down south, man, crawfish is a delicacy. Yeah, it, but uh, but you got but you got hey you got to have a Miller Light with it or it's not near as good. I I, I was gonna say you have to or take two. that down with a Miller Light. <laughs> yeah, or two. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, you know who could use a Miller Light right now? Anybody wearing an Oakland A's jersey? Because right now oh. this team is struggling. When you look at it, Kibby, I kind of feel bad for them. I I kind of grew up in the era of Mark McGuire and and Jose Canseco, Terry Steinbach, the Hendersons. I know they're not related, but it was such a good team. The stadium was always packed in Oakland. This was this was a team to watch. I even love the green jerseys, personally speaking. So nine and thirty three as we do this recording, a run differential of minus one fifty seven, which is horrendously bad. The closest team to them, Kibby, in fact, the White Sox had a run differential of minus 71. The 62 Mets hold the record for most losses in any MLB season at 120. The A's are on pace for 127. Do you think they're going to get to it? And how badly do they not want to get that record? Because you do not want to live with that record the rest of your life. Well, yeah, I don't know. Hey, you, hey, you're talking you, those names you brought out with Oakland, but you can go back even further when they won those, you know, the, those World Series. But you know, with Joe Rudy and those games, I'm talking, you know, about, I'm talking about my era there. No, I know, but but then, but <laughs> hey, but then even after, hey, maybe maybe you are younger than you look. I guess okay. <laughs> no, but Dave, remember that even past that when they had the Molder, yeah. the Zito, and all that, and they were all they were like the, the money ball came along, right? Billy Bean and the money yes. ball. And they were in the postseason every year. They didn't. They didn't win the, the championship, but they were there every year, right? And uh, but they've always. They've always. Uh, they, they've never had any money to spend. And I think recently, didn't they purchase some land in La, the Las Vegas area? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so let, let's face it, they're not generating any money out there in Oakland. You know, and, and it, it, you hate to see great franchise like that at one time have to move and all that. But you know, it's about economics too. You know, and, and uh, so if they if they go to uh, you know if they move and go to I think that would be the best thing for him. I really do. Yeah. yeah. The loss. But yeah, A's. gosh, that, you know, I don't know Katze really well. I met him, but I'm a big fan and he's managing yep. that team. And sometimes it's like, gosh, you feel for the guy, you know, but you know, I guess, I guess it's better, better than managing in triple A. I don't know. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. They are playing triple A style. Which you don't want to do. You don't want to do. Could be the Las Vegas A's sooner than we think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Time now for Gavin with Gibby, brought to you by Tim Hortons. Get your cold on with new sparkling quenchers at Tim's. They're bubbly, refreshing, and naturally flavored in blackberry, yuzu, and orange ginger. Try your favorite at your nearest Tim's here in Canada today. Oh. 
Pleased to be joined by five-time All-Star, four-time Golden Glove winner, World Series winner. Hey, he even won 40 games with the Toronto Blue Jays back in the day. Mark Burley. Mark, welcome to Gavin with Gibby. Good to talk to you, my friend. You too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Burl, I got, I got to tell you what, to the people out there listening. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever met a better guy in this world. Uh, uh, you're, you were a manager's dream. You were a teammate's dream. You were an umpire's dream. You know, you, you, you really had a tremendous career. And I'm going to go, we start talking a little bit. You know, I knew how good a career you had, right? But I wanted to look it up, make sure I didn't, you know, shortchange you on everything, anything. But you, you're, you're a Hall of Famer. You know, it's just a matter of time before you get in there. But, it, but it's incredible what you accomplished, you know, in the – now you did. You got cut from your high school team first couple of years, didn't you? Is that is that yeah. that story is true, right? Yeah, freshman and sophomore season, I got cut. Um, and the coach that cut me my freshman year, he got moved up to coach the JV the next year. So I think the guy had something out for me. But I literally made it to the like the last day cuts. Like you know, they cut the team down from sixty people down to get to twenty or thirty, whatever was on there. And I made it all the way through both cuts, and it was like. Okay, we got to cut one more guy. Burley, come to the office, and I was the guy. That got <laughs> oh God! Hopefully, that guy got cut. Yeah. Well, now there apparently there's a Burley rule there that the varsity coach has to approve anybody that gets uh, cut from the team, whether freshman, sophomore, junior, whatever. He's got a he's got to approve of it, but he's just retiring um, this year, so I don't know what's going to happen. And <laughs> hey, they may call you come back and coach, man. And so I'm enjoying life too much to go back and doing any of that. I tell you what, man, you, you, you know what? You earned every bit of that too, Mark. All right, here we go. All right, I'm going to start with – first of all, you know, Chris Bass, hey, do you watch any of the Blue Jays games or any baseball anymore? Uh, when I'm sitting down for lunch, I'll watch a game, or at nighttime I'll turn something on just for a bit, but not a ton. Okay, all right, Chris Bass, he's pitching for the Blue Jays now. He pitched, used to be in Oakland, then he was with the Mets, right? He's doing a pretty good job for Toronto. But he threw, he threw a complete game shutout the other night, right? And that was the first Blue Jays pitcher since you in Washington. You did it in Washington in 2015. You remember that game? I remember that. You remember that game? I remember what happened at second base and my running skills. That's all I remember out of it. Hey, when this I is what you – this Broke up a double play. I remember that. Oh, yeah. This is what you did, right? You threw a complete game. Shut up. You got a base hit. You, you laid down a sack bunt. You broke up a double play. And you got 18 ground ball outs out of 27. It's not a bad day. And you know what else? That was that was the second your second complete game in a row. Right? I didn't know that. You didn't know that for crap, man. I'd be your PR guy. I don't remember what happened last week. I'm supposed to remember 2015. <laughs> hey, you know why? You know why I remember it? Because I remember we we were we went there to Washington. We were just kind of we were kind of playing so-so, right? And I remember uh, we won that game. You know, everybody's feeling really good. And we're, we're going back to Toronto afterwards. So I'm in the manager's office taking a shower. And one of the front office guys, I don't remember who it was, might have been Mikey Shaw or something, came in and said, hey, uh, the word is in Toronto. When we get back, you're getting fired. I said, what? I said, what? I said, okay. I said all right, here's what you do. Because I've heard that before. I heard it a lot, right? So, uh I said, well, call Alex Anthopoulos, whoever that was. And I said, find out. Because if that's the case, I'm hopping on a plane here in D.C. and going home. I ain't going back there, right? So, oh. so the guy went and called Alex, woke him up or some city. He goes, no, no, there's nothing to that. So my point is, if you didn't <laughs> throw that gem right there, I might have got fired. So thank you very much. So I held, kept you on for another, what, couple months maybe? That's all. I <laughs> All right, here we go. Dave, you got anything for him real quick before I read off Yeah, this? of course I do. Uh, Mark, the uh, 2005 season was a, was a big deal with the World Series championship, and, and you had an interesting manager in Ozzie Guillen, which some of the stories and some of the highlights of Ozzie is, it, it, they're, they're out there at times. You probably know that a heck of a lot better than I do. When you're comparing uh, Ozzie Guillen to John Gibbons as managers that you've played for, how do they compare in in any sort of way? Um, Be careful. (laughs) One speaks English better than the other one. (laughs) No, that's one. They're both up front, and they're going to tell you what what whatever it is they want to tell you, whether it's good or bad, whether you want to hear it or not. Um, You know, if you're playing good, or if you're not playing good, and you're getting benched for a certain reason. 
they're going to tell you like you're not you're not playing because you suck right now like that's why you, that's why you're on the bench um so they're they're definitely both um similar in that aspect of of coaching what about tempers what, yeah what about tempers because they've both been ejected plenty of times no i think ozzy has them on that ozzy was way ozzy flipped his lid a little bit more than gibby did gibby's too laid back and just chill at times yeah. That's right. You're right, Burrow. Thank you very much. You know, thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> All right, here we go, man. Hey. Hey, Ozzy. Hey, Ozzy's doing uh any doing TV or radio or pregame stuff for the White Sox right now? I think I've seen a few. I've seen this uh Ozzy Jr. post some stuff to my wife on Facebook, I guess, but he's doing something. Hey, have the White Sox or anybody called you back? I know the Marlins haven't, but anybody called you and say, Hey, uh, you want to come uh, do some spots or come around or anything? No. I mean, they've, huh? they've met them on spring training, and I think they've, they've, it's like an open page of if I want to go back up there and do anything, I, you know, the, the offer's there. But like I said, I'm not ready for it. I'm enjoying, enjoying life here and farming and being a country boy and just doing whatever every single day. So I, I'm not ready to get back into baseball yet. And the beer league, beer league uh, softball, man. Yeah, it's Tuesday night. It's a big game tomorrow night, second game of the year. Are you a pitcher in that, or what do, what do, you, where no. do they put you? Play first base. I'm not, I'm not, I pitched one time to one batter because I didn't know the rule. I was running across the field and I picked up the ball to give it to the pitcher that was coming out. And I just joked around. I said, let me see how easy or hard this is to underhand this thing and then try to throw a strike. And as soon as I did it, the umpire says, you got to stay there since you threw a pitch. Like that's technically warming up. So you have to face at least one hitter. And I was like, ah, funny. And they're like, no, seriously. So I had to throw to one guy. Four pitches wasn't even close to the strike zone, and I'm like, "Get me the heck out of here!" Went back to first base. It was so hey, hard. Dang, I'll, I'll be done. Hey, let me. Ask, how's your How's your arm feel, man? After that long career, does your arm Does your arm ache at all? Or there's times when I sleep because I like to sleep a lot with my arm kind of over my shoulder like that, and there's times I'll it'll kind of go numb or tingle a little bit in the in the middle of the night. But for the most part, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I've thrown a little bit here and there. Some of these uh, drunken nights on New Year's Eve or Super Bowl party <laughs> over here, they they want to go get the ball, let's go, and they get want to get in the cage and throw. So I just crank it up and throw as hard as I can, which isn't hard at all anymore um, or ever. The neighbor, and the neighbors line up, say, we want to hit up the barrel, yeah. man. They just uh, take me, I don't get loose. I just literally just pick up a ball and start firing fastballs at them. And then the next day when I can't wipe my rear end, I'm wondering, <laughs> this is why I've retired and been done. Hey, let me say, hey, did you ever go on the DL? No. In your whole career? Never on the DL. You know, I had heard that. You know, I thought, I got a few things I've heard. I'm going, anyway, really? That's <laughs> that's that's incredible, man. I mean, how about nowadays? They go on every uh, after every three or four starts, man. Everybody take, goes yeah. on there. Well, just, that's unbelievable. Appreciate it. I mean, I took pride in going out there and taking a ball every fifth day and just – going as deep as I could. I mean, eating innings was my job and that's why I took pride in doing, um, that's what obviously the 200 innings every year, I kind of put a goal on myself and never really said I wanted a goal of winning 20 games because if you're out there deep in the games, you're giving your best, your team and yourself the best chance to win. And all those other numbers are going to fall into place. Well, you know, you won 214 games in your career. It's a lot of wins, man. Yeah. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of wins. I'll hey, I got, I got, go ahead. Stay out there long. No, no. <laughs> uh, I got some of the people. This is going to shock everybody, right? You you and your relationship with the catcher, you never shook off pitches. Nope. Hey, let me tell you, I heard that one time and I called bullshit. I said, come on, that ain't true. Somebody told me that. I said, I'm going to ask him. So I asked you, and uh, he said, no, I don't. And so I started watching, you know. And, I said, and you had a bunch of different catchers in your career, through White Sox, you know, down there in Florida, and then you came to the Blue Jays. I'm thinking – Damn. And, and the whole idea, I think you, you told me was, listen, if I put that sucker where I want to put it, I don't care what I'm throwing, right? Isn't that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah. I mean, so my it's funny. My agent just called me about two weeks ago, and I, I guess something got brought up about that. And I, he was on uh, a speaker and talking to people and asked me the same thing because the other people didn't believe it. The last time I shook off was actually when we were over in Japan playing in that MLB series with Japan teams. Uh, A.J. Prasinski was still a catcher with the Twins, and he was catching me over there, and Hideki Matsu was batting, 
And I'm not sure which one it was, but he called a fastball, let's say fastball in, and I shook to a fastball away and literally took a line drive off my throwing shoulder. <laughs> I don't, five outs into the game. And I was only, you know, supposed to go four or five innings, but, you know, in the second inning, get a line drive off my shoulder. I was done for the rest of the time we were there. I had to go to the hospital over in Japan, which is not easy getting around. Uh, Damn. Kind of had a translator, but that was, I think, probably the last time I ever shook off. That's not why. But, yeah, I just feel like I don't really do the pitcher meetings with the uh, pitching coach and the catcher. I just kind of say, you guys got a game game plan. I feel confident in throwing all four pitches pretty much any time, any count, any location. So just you put you put the finger down, I'm going to throw it there. Whether it's his strengths, then I, if it's my strength, I'm going up against his strength. I hope I win. Um, but, yeah, I just never – I never wanted to put too much information – I just wanted to know, okay, to get, does a guy swing first pitch of in a bat? Um, just so I know, hey, if he calls a fastball, make sure it's a good fastball location if this guy does swing early. But for the most part, I just feel like I'm going to go with my strengths, whether it's matching up against the hitter strengths or not. I'm going to take, I'm going to take my chances with it. Dude, you are like a, the analytics uh, nightmare, man. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Huh? How about this, how the game has changed now? It is crazy. The little times I've watched it, it's insane with how many, like, now what they call them sweepers and, like, not sliders or sweep, sweepers now or something. I'm like, what? Is, that's crazy. Uh, but I can remember that. You know, I can remember the first time I saw it, I, I or we were talking about the, the pitchers-catchers meeting. I walked by the office, and Pete Walker was in there, the pitching coach, and he was in there. I don't remember who the catcher was. And uh, this is early on. I thought, hey, where's Burl at? He, well, he doesn't come into these. I said, damn, you know what? There's something to this. He doesn't shake off the catcher. He doesn't need all this. I said, see, we're, we're overcomplicating this stuff, right? You know, and there's there's something to that. Not only I that, think, I think – go ahead. I just think there's too much information. You can so – some of these guys go over these meetings, and it's like – it's the same thing, hard up and in, soft down and away. Like, it's the same thing to every hitter. So, like I said, I just felt confident in making my pitch at the right time when – making the location of it and just put the finger down and let's go. Awesome. Unbelievable. Hey, you know, I think they, they did this pitch clock thing in, uh, in honor of you. That is about one of the only changes I like in the game so far. <laughs> I, went, I went to a game uh, when the Braves are in town, seen our, seen our guy, George Poulos, um, and sent him going down there. And I usually make it till about the fifth to sixth inning. I tell my wife, I'm out of here before seventh inning stretch. I can't handle sitting here for three hours. And we were down there, and it was like an hour into the game, and we're in the fifth inning already. And I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Yeah, you know what? Hey, there's something to it, right? You know, but you know, there's certain guys, man. They, you know, everybody's got a, everybody's got their own psychologist now, right? And some of them tell them, you know, like Luck Lelouch from uh, the, what was that, Kevin Coster. You know, when he's a Bull Durham guy, you know, breathe through your eyelids, right? So they tell him, slow down, slow the game down. So, so a lot of them can't do it, man, but there's something, hey, there's something to work it fast. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got a funny story I got to tell it here because, you know, uh, you're retired now, but you talk about working fast and say, oh, Burley, oh, man, Burley, he, he, you talk about reliable. You came to me, I don't know, that might have been that last year or something in, um, Said, listen, my buddy's a guitar player for Zach Brown. Was it Zach Brown? Your buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Did I get the band right? Okay. And they were playing at the amphitheater down there on the lake, right? And, and I think it was on a Friday night. You were pitching Friday night. So Burrow comes to me. He says, Hey, uh, hey, my buddy's down there. Thinks if if uh, I'll give you about six, seven innings. As soon as the game's over, can I get out of here and go catch the end of the show? I said, <laughs> Of course you can, right? Meanwhile, it's against league rules. You know, you got to hang around and talk to the media. So anyway. So sure enough, like clockwork, I think you got into the seventh. Might have got an out or two or something. So we came to take you out of the game. I get to the mound. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow, man. Right? So you, you go in there. I don't even know if you showered, man. You're gone, right? So at the end of at the end of the when the game's over, you go into the manager goes into the post game. You know, does the media stuff, right? And I'm sitting there in uh, Rosie Damato. Rosie goes, uh, "Hey, is Mark all right?" I said, yeah, what do you mean? It's a great game now. What are you talking about? She goes, oh, I just saw him leaving the ballpark early on my way in here. I said, I said, oh, I said, okay. You know, you know, in reality, I said, he was sick as a dog today. You know what? I, we didn't even think he was going to be able to pitch. 
And uh, so I told him, hey, when he took him out of the game, he said, get the hell out of here, man. So meanwhile, I'm going, I hope there's going to be some photographers over there. At this <laughs> so anyway, Al Anthopoulos comes in after the game. I don't know if he knew or I told him he he was like, oh, you know, Alex could panic sometimes. You yep. know, because the league's gonna call him and you know he didn't want he didn't ever want to buck the system at all, you know. So uh do you remember that? No, I do remember that. It was a good good concert too. I was up on stage <laughs> pretty good. And then about an hour later, I think half the teammates, everybody that was everybody else once the game got over and they came over and joined me. <laughs> that was bad. You know what? Hey Burrow, one thing. You know, I think the game. So you know, it, it is very complicated now, and and I and I things are so different. This it's so much corporate, whatever you want to call it. I think the fun of the game, a lot of the fun's gone. You know, and, and little things like that. They, those things don't happen all the time. Doesn't mean you're not having fun if you can't do that. But it's like there's you were just you were just one of a kind, man. You know what? And uh, but now it is time for these numbers, right? I hope you know these. You might have to, I'm sure you'll see it when the Hall of Fame day comes. All right. Dave, you got anything before I read it? This takes a while, man. Just one thing. So, Mark, you're you're an American League pitcher for 98% of your career, basically. But so a lot of people may not know this, but you actually hit a home run. What do you what do you remember about the home run? Because I know you had the perfect game and the no hitter in the World Series, but as far as uh, special achievements by yourself as a pitcher, that's kind of cool, isn't it? Like, what do you remember off of that uh, uh, game back in two thousand nine? I think. Yeah, so we were in Milwaukee, and I hit the ball pretty good. I knew I hit it pretty good, but I didn't know how far if it was going to get out of here. And I think earlier in spring training, we went to San Francisco and played an exhibition right at the end of spring training before the season started. And I hit a ball that kind of one bounced right field. And as I'm running to first, I kind of rounded second, rounded first to go to second. I stopped because the guy got the ball and chucked it back in and it wasn't really going. And I got worn out for not, not getting a double out of that hit. And so as soon as I saw Milwaukee, I remember I said, I'm putting my head down and I'm getting on second base. I don't care what happens. I have to get to second base. So obviously put head down, trying to run as fast as I can around the first. And about, I don't know, halfway between is whenever everybody roared and went crazy. Um, obviously, being in Milwaukee, a lot of uh, Sox fans were up there. Um, but the place erupted, so I didn't know if the guy caught it or if it was a home run until I finally seen the center fielder and the right fielder stop running after the ball. And then after that, I just remember going in the dugout, and uh, obviously everybody's giving me the silent treatment. Just one of those just laughing, like, how did that just happen? Like, I am the worst hitter in the history of – Pitcher is hitting, and I just hit a home run. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> Who'd you hit it off of? Braden Looper. Really? Looper? Yeah. A little E2 fastball up here at the numbers. 3-2 count. Oh. And I half swing. I swing, and then I stop like halfway through. And it went That'll out. Be hey, you know what? You got as many big league homers as I got, dude. What does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> what does that say about me? <laughs> Oh, too funny! I hit mine off Michael Jackson, though. You know, not not the uh, Moonwalker, the uh, yeah. the the Phillies reliever. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, hey, you know what? When you say you're busting your butt, when I when I mentioned earlier about you breaking up that double play, you know, when we were in Washington that game, that yeah. was be that was before they had all these candy ass rules on slides at second base. You actually rolled into that guy, break up yeah. that double play. Right now, no, no, no. All right, here we go. Dave, sit back, man. This this may take a while. <laughs> All right, Burley, right here. Five-time All-Star, you covered. You led the league in starts twice. You led the league in innings twice. You won four gold gloves. You threw that no-hitter. You threw a perfect game. And you you were the number one guy on your staff to win in a world when you won the World Series, right? All right, here you go. 16-year career, right? I'm not shortchanging you, am I? 15 and a half, I think. All right, well, it's close enough. All right. <laughs> so those 16 years, you averaged 33 starts a year. That's, like you said, you never went on the DL. You made every start. 16 straight years. 16 straight years, you averaged 221 innings per year. Yeah, you can't even get guys to, man, these guys are five and divers now, man. 
Yeah. 221 innings per year for he averaged for your whole career. All right. You're second in the major league history pickoffs by a left-handed pitcher. Did you realize that? Yep, I knew that. that even with nice. even with Joe West over there. <laughs> hey, your boy Joe West was on the show last week or two weeks ago. What was it? Oh, uh, was he? He's called <laughs> if he's been retired. It's pretty funny talking to him. Oh, good, man. All right, good. All right. Let's see. 214 wins. This is just the beginning, man. You can really see this is what I do when I really like somebody. See? <laughs> if I don't like it, forget it. R.A. Dickey, how many am I? <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> see, I think you I see, I think since you're a little bit older now, I think you ought to come back as a knuckleballer. No. Wasn't Wilbur Wood a knuckleballer? I think so, but I don't want nothing to do. That means I could be traveling. I can't be doing the stuff I'm doing now. That sounds like no fun. Well, I know. I, I thought you at least would say, I ain't throwing that crap pitch. What are you kidding me? Um, definitely not. Because of that person. Uh, all right, here we go. All right. There's only been seven pitchers that have thrown 200 innings in 14 straight years. Warren Spahn, Don Sutton, Gaylord Perry, Phil Negro, Christy Matthewson, and Greg Maddox, all in the Hall of Fame, right? And then your final year in 215, this still haunts me to this day. You were an inning and a third shy of doing it for 15 straight years, right? We tried, but we didn't get that second. Remember, <laughs> for crying out loud, go-go at second base, right? One of the best defensive second basemen in the league. He gorked that one, right? Yep. It's the first hit of the game. Okay. And then later in that inning, Eddie over there at first base, a soft line drive, climbed Tim to him. <laughs> what, what are we doing, man? Anyway. Yeah, for I those said, that, I pitched on what, Friday? So this is like the last series of the season. So I started oh, yeah. and I needed like eight inning and a third. Yeah, eight and a third innings pitched on Friday. So I go out there and I pitch seven innings, I guess. So end up being an inning and like four outs or five outs shy, I think. So after the game, I go in and Gibby's like, hey, you want to start on Sunday? And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, your last start, you're done. Who cares if your arm blows out? Let's try to get you to 200 innings. <laughs> so I, all right. So got geared up and went out there. And like you said, there was, I got my butt shellacked pretty much, but there was a, a few plays behind me that could have that could have possibly got me four outs, but I never. I only think I got an out, and then I Gibby comes and pulls me after he goes. I've seen enough. You've given up six or seven runs. I got to get you out of here. No, that was no. That's not what I said. I said, listen, dude, I ain't gonna sit and let, let you out here rot. I ain't no way in heck I'm doing that. Yeah, I've seen enough. Get your butt out here. But you know, it was worse worse than the, even those clanks. Alfonso Marquez was the only plate umpire. You know what? I, before the game, I talked I talked to Kevin Cash with the Rays. I said, this is what we're doing with Burl. And, you know, when he gets it, so-and-so is going to go out and take him out, whatever. And, and they, they're all for it. They thought it was great. And I went to the umpire's room and said, listen, this is what we're doing. So when we take him out, his pit, the starting pitchers are going to go take him out so they so that they would know. And they said, great. All right. Marquez is behind the home, behind home plate. The only guy on that team that gave you trouble was uh, Matt Took, Mikey Matt Took, right? He's yep. the only guy that ever it hit you at all, right? And so I can remember the bases were loaded. It was a two-two count. Marquez is behind the plate. You threw one on the inside corner or outside corner. It's like that far off, right? You know what? I said earlier you were you were an umpire's dream, man. You got the ball, you threw strikes, you work quick. And he balled it. And you're going, and so we're screwed. You've got to be kidding me after watching the two clanks and the next pitch grand slam. Yep. He could have, you know, if he rings him, you he rings you up or Matt took up right there. Nobody complains because it's that close. And I'm thinking, I tell you what, I thought, I thought, I knew, I knew Angel Hernandez pissed you off or he pissed Angel <laughs> off. I didn't think he did it to Marquez. Yeah, hey. Marquez. Marquez. I remember that game. He was tight a lot on a lot of the pitches. You know, during that game, I don't know if it's more than he usually is, but I know there's there was a number that number of pitches that I thought I could have gotten that didn't go my way. But it's the way it is. No, I, I got you. All right, but okay, but it's okay. But I tell you, that haunts me, dude, because you know what? You, you, as a manager, you think, well, I think that was the first time. There's a, there was a couple times your arm was hanging a little bit, so we pushed you back a little bit. You never missed a start. But there was also, you look back, I look back anyway, I thought, gosh, you know, 
we were playing in Philly with before the DH. I think you know we were down a run or two. I said, then we pinch hit for you. And I said, there's got to be, there had to be many times out there you could have gotten another inning or two. So, but anyway, say you got that fifty. Let's pretend you did, man, because what you've done is historic anyway. Only seven guys, all Hall of Famers. There'll be eight one of these days. If you that we had gotten that fifteen, so we say we, man, we. <laughs> There would, have, there would have been only – hey, there's only been four. There's only been four to do it. Sutton, Gaylord Perry, Warren Spot, and Cy Young. All right? Impressive. Yeah, man, who is that guy? All right, here, here's 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 the most impressive – maybe as impressive as that is, here's maybe the top thing, right? You are the first pitcher to record at least 200 innings with 61 or fewer walks in 14 straight years. Did you realize that? No, I didn't know. Only that. one. Who did you surpass to, to set that? Any idea? I no clue. Cy Young. Oh. Cy Young. Cy Young, man, they named that award after for crying out loud. Yeah. I what, unless I read that wrong or maybe I was or something, but I know I didn't. I, I tell you what, you know. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, bro, it is. You know what? Uh, uh, you know, to sit there and watch it, and and you, I mean, you, if if you, if you came up, what's a pitcher, right? You're you're a pitcher. You're not a guy out there just chunking it. You know, nowadays everybody's power, power, power. They throw as hard as they can. They run out of gas, you know, early, you know, and they walk guys. They're always in trouble. You are the epitome of 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 a pitcher. You know, going back and that's what when somebody says you're you're pitching, that was it. Yeah, the simple delivery. I mean, don't I mean. Is there a simpler delivery out there than you had? I mean, yeah. you just got it. It came setting. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why you no know, health and didn't didn't get hurt. You know, going on the DL. Um, one, my my motion was good, and I didn't throw that hard. I didn't. I feel like a lot of these guys that throwing ninety five and hundred is more more jerking on your body and more wear and tear on it, and that's what we're going to break down sooner. And I said that's maybe why I didn't go through injury because you know I was topping out. It, it, Early on, maybe maybe ninety a couple times, and later in my career, I was eighty three to eighty five. I was just using movement and breaking pitches and off speed pitches and fastball counts. When guys were waiting for a fastball, oh, it's too oh, he's going to throw a fastball over here. I could drop a curveball in there um, and have confidence with it. So I think all those reasons is why I didn't miss many starts, and I and I was able to throw two hundred innings a year because I didn't throw that hard. Hey, when you say you didn't throw that hard, you were 90, 91, 92. What do you think? Is that soft tossing early on in your career? And you, I mean, that's not, not that, well, okay, but but okay, but I don't see any guys out there with those these kind of numbers. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, mean, I'm I, just, I would hit 90, 91 occasionally, but I would sit early in my career. I think I would sit around 88, 87, 88 on my on my sinker. And then obviously, the, as the years went along, I, I think there's one game in Toronto I looked up, I threw a fastball. and I looked up on the scoreboard and it said 79 change up up there. And I was like, no, that was my sinker. That's my time to call it a career when I can't even break eight. That's my fastball. Oh gosh. There was that maybe it was a knuckleball. I told you, start throwing one. You make a comeback. Too much. Davey, Davey, what do you got for him, man? Yeah, Anything let's else? wrap. Yeah, absolutely. Two two things to your list. Uh retired jersey, number fifty-six as a Chicago White Sox. And and pretty cool stat here, July thirtieth, two thousand nine. Mark Burley Day in Chicago. That's kind of cool as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, pretty surprising when they called and said they want to retire my jersey. Um, obviously, you play this game to have fun, make money, play baseball. I mean, everybody wants to play baseball as a kid, but you never dream or think about getting number retired. Just being on the Hall of Fame ballot for what's been three years now, just being on that, seeing my name on it, like some of the stuff just doesn't make sense. Um, but it's just it, it was an honor whenever they called and said they're going to do it. Total panic mode because I had to get up there and talk in front of people, which is not my forte. I'm not really crazy about it, but I had to get up there and do a speech and thank people. And and that's like the worst fear of mine in life. Um, but I made it through it, and it's pretty cool to see it up there. Yeah, i got to be honest. And you made it through this as well. Thanks for joining us, Mark. It's been a hey, lot hold of on, fun. I ain't done with him yet. I got to get one more thing for him. Hold <laughs> okay. on. Sorry. sorry. Hey, no. I, I just thought I'd send you away, Mark. This guy won't stop. <laughs> This may be our all of our last hurrahs, man. You never know. Hey, you know, we, the first time you went back in pitched in Chicago, right? The White Sox, maybe that, that started? Yeah. 
Because it was it reminded me because that last game you had Tampa, you know, I talk about booting balls and you know it's like, you know, it's it's a big day, right? You we want to get you over two hundred, right? You're pitching a gem, right? We get into the middle part of the game, you know, and you for your first time, you know, pitching back at the White Sox, I think, if I'm not mistaken. A ground ball, man, to Jose Reyes and short, and Jose whiffed it. For crying out loud, it, they it, the air and they scored a couple, and then now they took the lead in the middle innings. You go, but we, yep. you know, that was, you know, I'm thinking, dude. Yeah, that was my and, first start back in Chicago. I was throwing pretty hard that time. Obviously, a little more, a little more juices flowing. Um, but I think it was against Chris Sale, and I think we ended up losing two to one or three to two. It was a, it was a close game. But it was a tight game all the way through. So I remember that. Yeah. Oh, we were well. We were, we were we were winning until we. Yeah. I know errors happen. I'm teasing. I love Mike. those guys too. Yeah. <laughs> well, real quick, one last thing too. Before, hey, uh, any any memories of uh, Toronto that uh, stand out to you that you want to share or anything like that? So it's funny as I, you know, playing in Chicago then going to Miami. There's two places I've always said that I will never play, and it was one was New York and the other was Toronto. One. New York because I was there for 9-11. I'm not a big city guy, but being there on 9-11 just totally ruined New York for me. And Toronto, because whenever I was younger, you had to can't use your phone up there. The Somebody texts you, and you're, that's a cost you a dollar every text message they sent to you. All the exchange money stuff. I'm like, this is just too much. I'm never playing in Toronto. <laughs> so whenever I got traded – David Sampson called me and said, hey, we're trading you. And I'm like, okay, where? And he kept rambling. I'm like, where am I going? And he's like, Toronto. And I was like, oh, my God. No <laughs> Literally, like, freaking out because I did not want to play there. And I got to be honest, it is. it was an awesome three years. The city was awesome. The fans are incredible. Um, I enjoyed way more than, than I ever thought I would. I've always said I would never sign a free agent deal. But if I was to play after that, you know, when I was done there for those three years, I would have 100% could have signed back in Toronto. Wow. You know what? And you know what? Hey, the people up there loved you, man. They'll appreciate that, right? You know, that uh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty special, man. And you know what? You did – they they did a lot for you. You know what? You did a heck of a lot for them. And, uh, you know, the baseball world, and me personally as a manager – you made my life easy. It was, it was, it was a true honor. Uh, you're in that, in the, at the top of the list, man. And, uh, uh, it's good to see you enjoying life, family. Good. Everything's, uh, it's, it's nice being home in it. Oh man. It's incredible. Kids keep me busy and I'm just always on the go. I can't sit down. This is probably the longest I've sat down there in a day. And right. Since I've been home, my kids yell at me all the time. Dad, will you just sit down and do nothing one day? <laughs> no, always something to have be done. Well, I'm sure that honeydew list is waiting on you, brother. So anyway, oh, hey, listen, man, we we can't thank you enough. The baseball, we, you know, you've been great to the game. And uh, I tell you, uh, I look forward to that day you go into the Hall of Fame, pal. It's, it's been uh-huh. an honor. We'll see if that happens, but I appreciate it. Uh, it's got to happen. How could it not? Anyway. All right, pal, be good. Get out there and get to work while, I, while, I, while us uh, media darlings here sit, sit around on the internet. <laughs> All right. Time now for Roast and Toast, inspired by our friends at Miller Lite. Gibby, what is your roast of the day? Oh, man. I tell you what. You know, I was watching that. uh, I saw the highlights of the the uh, Phillies-Colorado Rocky game. The pitcher, Jake Bird, the pitcher for the, uh, the Rockies, right? He, he he gets a big out. They they end up winning four enough. He gets a big out. And he's coming off and he's slapping slapping his glove and he's he's hollering. Obviously, it looked like into the uh, egging it on, guy. right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, what are we doing? You know, and then so uh, you know, all hell broke loose and, and uh, no punches were thrown. It was a typical baseball fight. It wasn't a hockey fight, right? In in uh, <laughs> but Harper's going at him, and but you know, it's kind of. The part I don't like, you know, I, I thought Phillies had every right. You know, come on, get your head out of the dugout. But the, the, I think what's causing a lot of this stuff is is, is all the uh, the hot dogging and, and uh, you know, everything that goes on the game, the showing. Everybody shows everybody up. You know, everybody's got their celebrations. It's like that's kind of what baseball is encouraged. doesn't mean I'm an old fuddy-duddy, but, you know, there's there's a, in, in that kind of competition that's that serious, you beat somebody, or, or you, you know, you, you don't need to rub somebody's nose in it, right? Or otherwise, you're asking yeah. for trouble. But 
on the flip side of it, they, you know, remember the old statement, they came out in Major League Baseball, let the boys play and things like this. They try to encourage that. To, maybe that's what gets the uh, youth going or something, but he had it coming to him. Yeah, he certainly did. And your toast of the week. Oh, it's got to be Kevin Pillar, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, great career in Toronto, fan favorite. Then he's kind of bounced around for a couple teams the last few years. He, he blew out his shoulder and made a good comeback. And now Atlanta hires him, Alex Anthopoulos down there, and goes back to Toronto the first time. Hits a homer. You know, I guess is there any got a nice ovation. You know, he was it was heartfelt. I saw him do do that. Uh, is that is there any is there a better way to welcome yourself back? And is that the tip of the cap to your own fans? The nice part is is uh, for Toronto fans they came back and won. Uh, but you know what? It was it was a it was a great moment. I it made gave me goosebumps. It really did. Yeah, he's had an interesting career too because you spent so much time with you in Toronto, and then since that time he's kind of bounced around. So it, it was kind of nice seeing uh, Pilar back at the dome, wasn't it? Yeah, you know what, Dave? He was uh, Kev. Kev's Kev was one of those guys you could count on him every day, right? He, he yeah. showed up to play, you know, uh, and you know what. You knew he left it on the field. He was going to make do everything. I, I often say he and Batista were the two guys that I knew every day you never had to worry about. Them. They, they were never going to be out of the lineup unless they had a broken bone or something like that. Because you know what? They were going to maximize their career to the fullest. And they understood they needed to play every day. Right? And uh, So good for him. You know, and he's at the, getting at the tail end of it. I hope he finishes strong. But it was a, it was a nice little, uh, nice little uh, moment. Yeah, it certainly was. Well, you know what? That just about does it for this episode of the Gibby Show. A reminder, you can pick up a Gibby's book, Tales of a Baseball Lifer, wherever you buy books. It's best-selling right now. It's it's off the charts great. You're going to be back in Houston this upcoming week doing some more voiceovers, correct? Yeah, because I couldn't get it done on time, you know. I'm telling you, <laughs> Dave, it's harder than you think, you know. Especially, and I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a bad reader, but I'm not a good reader, but it's like, I... I about the, the two hours in, I told the guy this run. I said, "Listen, I've had enough of this, man. Let's hire somebody, dude. You know that's what I said. Morgan Freeman. You know we've been perfect." He said, "You don't know. You can't. You can't afford Morgan Freeman." I said, "Why? How much does he charge?" He goes, "He gets probably a hundred thousand dollars to do something like that." I said, "Yeah, you're probably right. Let me let me let me wade through this. I'll get through it." Uh, you know what? And Morgan Freeman couldn't control a bullpen like you. So I don't know if you want him reading your book either, right? No, but he had owned the team. You know, he's, made, he's been successful. Yeah, that's, he, he, you make a good point. Uh, a reminder, too, once the audio is done, it, it's going to be available around Father's Day in June. It's a perfect book to purchase for dad. If you haven't already done it lately, you can get the audio copy at that time. You can get the hardcover. Uh, just get the book. It's a fantastic read. For uh, John Gibbons, I'm David Bassel. John Rizzi is back next week. Thanks for watching The Gibby Show. And of course, go Blue Jays. Great job, David. <laughs>